Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life oh yeah, I did another podcast uh, this past Friday, and uh, they have a much more complex opening than we have. What? And it's You're also a video. It's also a video thing. You know how to check in. I I worked really hard and had a great production setup. I had used my my cinema camera, three lights, you know, shotgun mic. Everything was set up beautifully. Black background. It was amazing. It sounds awesome. Yeah, I thought about using all that tonight, but then I was like, well, nobody will know. It's a video podcast. Well, not this, but the one you were on. Right, right. But this one, nobody would know the difference. I mean, I could just, I mean, right now I could be just getting drunk and you wouldn't even know. How many listener does that one have? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. They, what was cool about being, it was live. So, um, can't remember what the service was we were live on, but anyway, we had people chatting with us, you know, making comments in real time, although I couldn't see them. Mm, how does that work? The person running the the podcast could. Oh. oh I and there may have been a button for me to press to see them, but I wasn't familiar with the interface and I didn't want to dick around with anything. I was like, if I start clicking buttons <laughs> and hang up or something, I was like, yeah, let's just leave it alone. There may have been a button where I could have opened a side window or something and see, seen the, the discussion going on on the side. But I ended up going back and watching it from start to finish so I could read the comments people were typing as we were talking. Is this available somewhere? Are you allowed to plug it? I can't because it's, oh, okay. it's my alternate life. Oh. It's, yeah, it's it's more adult than our show is. So. Ooh, yeah, that sounds fun. It was. It was a good time. By the way, I have something for you to add to your doomsday list. Ooh. Sweet. The extinction pool. Yeah, the extinction pool. There is now something called super gonorrhea. It's one of those <laughs> multi-drug resistant um, forms of gonorrhea. Apparently it's, uh, I don't know. I guess it'll kill you eventually. Is its weakness kryptonite? Uh- no. It, well, I think there are like still some antibiotics that will, there's like, it's resistant to it's several antibiotics, so it's that's why they call it multi-drug resistant. All right, so we have heat-resistant fungi, COVID, alien invasion, lava storm, cops kill us all, AI takeover, volcano snails, nuclear war, sucked into a black hole, climate change, return of the giant millipedes, Oh, zombie apocalypse, IRS letters, the meteor strike or a meteor strike, I guess, plasma hurricane, dad jokes, and now super gonorrhea. Dad jokes. I had a dad joke. I just didn't make a note of it. I, uh, what was that one? Um, Oh, I won't even try it. So back to the the thing. So apparently, uh, there was a, some kind of a study that was done uh, with drinking semen. Mm, no, okay. I don't. Even, no, it wasn't a study. I'm sorry. It was Courtney Kardashian 
one of the things that her doctor, one of her pseudo doctors, recommended was that she drink semen. Her drink, specifically her I boyfriend, bet he semen. did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's a little little undercurrent going on. Her her boyfriend actually commented that he really liked that doctor. Mm-hmm. I bet that boyfriend paid that doctor. A that's little, what something, I, something yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like that doctor is a paid shill. Mm-hmm. That's a good racket. Can we get into that? That's a good question. Can we? <laughs> so I read an article in the Atlantic that was uh, really interesting regarding the. Um, Hold on, COVID break. I can All right. <clears throat> read this article in the Atlantic that was regarding what happens when the Fed raises interest rates and lowers interest rates and all that. And uh, so I sent it off to Connell to have him review it, and he gave me some comments, which you probably saw. Yes. But I'm thinking that since we have so much to cover tonight, maybe we'll save that for when Connell can come on the show. I think that's wise, yeah. Yeah, well, it's just in my notes, so I thought I'd just go over it. So um, Better to hear from him than us reading him. So a lot of things have happened since our last podcast, and I'm sure everybody's aware that Roe v. Wade was overturned. And the scary part about that is that you know most of the the justices that overturned it insisted that they believed in you know precedent, which obviously they don't. But we knew that was coming because we had that leaked. Yeah, we knew it was coming, and which is decision kind of pisses me off because the administration acts as if they didn't know it was coming, right? All of a sudden, this ruling comes out, and they're like, oh, my gosh, we must scramble to see what we can do to help women who need abortions. And it's like, um, you should have been scrambling like a month ago. Yeah. Well, c- the companies, it looks like, have stepped up. Like, I've seen a lot of responses saying that companies will yeah, fly the their employees. The problem with that their- is the people that work for those companies aren't really the people that are going to have a real problem doing this. Sure, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But, I mean, at least the... Yeah, the public response or the it's it's a it's an endorsement response. You know, it's it's yeah. saying, hey, we believe our employees should be able to get an abortion if they so choose. Yeah, I thought that was encouraging. I'm sure everybody that listens to this podcast knows that I am pro-choice. I think we've discussed similar issues before. Um, so yeah, the, what bothers me about this ruling, though, aside from the precedent issue, you know, basically them just ignoring precedents is that they've already said, you know, we need to review some other things, right? Like uh, gay marriage or whatever you call it, um, and also uh, contraception. So yeah, so they're already, I mean, they're primed and ready, just waiting for someone to bring them a case so they can throw those things out too. That's crazy. Could you imagine if contraception were illegal? That's just nuts. We'd all have to get vasectomies. Yeah, I guess. It, but it, also diseases and all that stuff. Well, yeah, if condoms were illegal, that would be ridiculous. Well, that's contraception, right? I, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. I'm just saying I hadn't really considered. I mean, I did consider condoms being illegal, but I wasn't thinking of it from the STD perspective. Oh, yeah, well. I mean, that could create a lot of problems. So a dump truck was crossing the railroad track. Did you see that Amtrak train hit it? Oh, I thought this was the dad joke. 
No. <laughs> yeah. A dump truck was crossing the railroad track. Why did the dump truck cross the railroad well, track? Well, he didn't actually get across, so we may never know. The driver was <laughs> killed. Several people on the train were killed. 50 or more people were injured. It was ridiculous. Where did that happen? In I Missouri. In Missouri. Out in the flat. It was an uncontrolled intersection. Like, there was no gate, flashing lights, or anything else. It was just one of those railroad crossing signs. But it's in, like, super flat country, right? You could see the train coming if you looked. Mm-hmm. And apparently the driver didn't bother to look, which really pisses me off because people driving dump trucks need to be, like, seriously aware of their surroundings. You can kill somebody really easily with a dump truck. Right. But apparently this guy, and he's dead, so we can't speak poorly of the dead, you know, bless his soul. Yes, um, we can. Well, you know, I'm just saying. If I'm being, you know, I'm drinking beer, okay? So I'm a little little light in the <laughs> in the brain tonight. But but yeah, that was a, a really tragic situation. It it pissed me off when I heard about it because I was like, what the fuck was that truck doing on the train track? And then when they said it was uncontrolled intersection, I'm like, well, okay, so there's no little bar that comes down to say, hey, idiot, there's a train coming, right? So did it get stuck on the track, or did no, it actually just, just try to cross? Yeah, I think he was just driving across. They didn't say he was stuck or anything. They just said, you know, the two collided. So it's kind of sad, but <clears throat> the the stories from the people on the Amtrak train are the craziest ones because you would swear listening to them that they were like in a you know a, a plane crash or something, you know. I don't know. I just actually that, that one of the things I thought was funny was one guy said that he he had ridden the train about three times and he wasn't going to ride it again for years because of this this trauma, right? And uh, <laughs> I said I said to myself, I said if he had been in a car that had hit a a a, 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 a fucking dump truck, right? He'd be dead. Mm-hmm. If he'd been a plane that hit a dump truck, he'd be dead. Right. He's alive. So, like, why is he thinking the train is a bad idea? He survived hitting a fucking dump truck. Right. I, well, sp- I was thinking that in, he wasn't that serious about it because he's like, it'll be years before I ride the train again instead of, like, ever. You yeah. Know, if it was traumatic right. enough, right. you'd be like, never. I'm never again. No way. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're pretty safe on a train. Believe it or not, even when they derail, even when they tip over, you're still pretty safe on a train by comparison to a lot of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's, oh, before we move on from the uh, trauma, we have to talk about uh, Rudy Giuliani, who was quote unquote assaulted at a, <laughs> at a grocery store in uh, New York. Um, All he, right. They, they, he told the story like it was just this most terrible thing. He he said this guy came up and hit him from behind so hard he thought he'd been shot, and uh, and he almost fell down. And if he hadn't been in you know in such great shape at seventy eight, he would have fallen down and busted his skull, and it would have been terrible. And then and then they got the security camera video of it, and the guy basically taps him on the back. <laughs> it's like it's like a love tap. He didn't even you know flinch from the tap, but it's it provoked that. Uh, apparently the guy was a anti-Trump 
person. Oh, so right. So he actually recognized Giuliani and yeah, yeah. I don't know why he touched him, shoved them around a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. He he just tapped Jerk. him. I don't know why he even bothered. Maybe he was thinking about hitting him, and he just sort of pulled his punch at the last second. But but you know, everybody that's coming, well, the you know the Democratic pundits have said just. Look, people, keep your hands to yourself because you're just adding fuel to their fire, right? Look, he assaulted me, you know. Well, that's crap. But, but anyway, he, it's it was just funny because everybody's picking on Rudy again. Poor Rudy, like every time he does anything, he ends up making a fool out of himself. But there was some serious shit. Um, so two people, two subway employees, got shot. Uh, like the mass transit or the restaurant? This is in Atlanta, in downtown Atlanta. Uh, so the mass subway, transit? No, no, the restaurant. restaurant. Oh, the restaurant. Okay. Yeah. And and guess guess why they were shot? Uh, because the sandwich was made incorrectly? Yes, too much mayonnaise. Awesome. Not even kidding. One's dead and one's in intensive care. That's just ridiculous. It is, and here, here's your, here's your good good guy with a gun story. C- customers are assholes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, like, Jesus this Christ. is Come we've on. we've predicted this. I've been railing on this. You know, when everyone's allowed to carry a gun, this is going to be a day to day experience. People, people, situations that would otherwise just be someone throwing their arms up, going, "God damn it, why can't you get this right?" Right? Are now mm-hmm. where someone pulls out a gun and shoots somebody. Because the gun is too motherfucking easy to get to, and but but in this case, the manager of the subway also had a gun, and tried shooting, tried returning fire, but apparently couldn't hit the guy. So uh, so much for the good guy with a the gun theory, because right. the manager well, was armed. Now we just need to send them all to training. Take all the subway managers and send them to gun school and marksmanship school. Yeah, that's what I mean. Whatever it's called. And a man was killed in Minneapolis over a dispute. Um, that one I don't have a lot of details on because I just read about it when it happened and they said they just knew that there were four people in an argument. Two of them pulled out guns and started shooting. <sighs> I know, I know. I only bring this up because I keep saying over and over again that the more we allow people to carry guns, the more gun violence we're going to have. The gun advocates say more people with guns means less gun violence because everyone's going to be afraid to shoot anybody. That's bullshit. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. More guns means more gun violence, and that includes giving guns to teachers because if you have an altercation between a student and a teacher and the teacher's got a gun on him, there's a chance that someone will draw that gun. Well, it only makes sense because zero guns is zero gun violence. Right, exactly. So Throw more guns in the mix, you're more likely to have someone get shot. Right. It's mathematical. So we had a big deal at the January 6th hearings today. They, okay. had, they actually had an emergency hearing. Well, not an emergency, but they called it an emergency hearing. It was unscheduled. They weren't supposed to have a hearing today. And they had a hearing today because Cassidy Hutchinson had come forward to testify. Who's now that? everybody says, "Who the fuck is Cassidy Hutchinson?" Cassidy Hutchinson. Who the fuck is Cassidy Hutchinson? She happened to be the aide to Mark Meadows. Who the fuck is Mark Meadows? Mark Meadows was the chief of staff for Donald Trump at the end. Who the fuck is Donald Trump? That's a very good question. That one I cannot <laughs> answer. So, what was interesting about Cassidy's testimony, though, 
I mean, there was lots of damning things. She pointed out that Trump was a you know raving lunatic and stuff like that. But we knew all that, right? Mm-hmm. What was interesting about her testimony was the what did Trump know and when, which comes down to whether or not he can be prosecuted for any of this. Because you know, if he has plausible deniability, then he can be like, "Well, I didn't know they were going to storm the Capitol. I didn't know they were going to be violent. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I, you know, I just." I just had this rally to talk to my people, and look what happened, right? Right. No, no. So it turns out that Cassidy is right in the middle of all of this. She's right in the conversation between everybody because she's the aide to the chief of staff who basically everybody goes through to talk to the president. And so she's hearing all this stuff. She's in on these conversations. She's hearing when the president's attorney comes in and talks to the chief of staff and says, what the fuck, we need to get control of the situation, yada, yada, yada. She's there when the chief of security comes in and says, hey, we've got people out there with guns, something needs to be done. Um, she's there when 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 uh, Trump is, is barking orders about, I want, he wanted, he wanted them to take down the metal detectors at the rally because there was a bunch of people who wouldn't come in. He wanted the space at the ellipse, which is where he was speaking, to be mm-hmm. full so that when they took a picture, it would be packed full of people. And there was a lot of people who wouldn't come in because they couldn't go through the metal detectors. And the Secret Service and everybody knew that these people were packing weapons. They had, they, they had this was part of the, the hearing today. They had different transcripts from the communications between the authorities saying, yeah, this guy and this uh, is, is carrying an AR-15, and I can see this guy's got a pistol. You know, anyway, they're talking about what these people are armed with. And anyway, all this is being reported to the president. And the president says, well, take down the damn metal detectors and let these people come in because I want them to pack this stadium to where it looks like it's packed, and I don't care that they have weapons because they're not here to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> So then when... Right. Don't worry about it from a security risk standpoint. The president will be fine. Yeah, the president's going to be fine. It's everybody else it won't be. But but then he goes on, you know, they go on as this... Because remember, this is before they stormed the Capitol, right? Okay. And And so based on, you know, Cassidy's testimony and all this, they determined that Trump was, you know, he was informed that these people had guns. He was informed that, that they had all different kinds of weapons, and that they didn't want to come through the metal detectors because they had weapons. And then he sends them down to the Capitol, right? He says, hey, go march on the Capitol. And and then when the Capitol police are you know, being overrun and all this stuff, he doesn't do anything about it. But he, basically, Cassidy points out you know, every step of the way what communications were being trans, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Relay, relayed onto Trump, what the chief of staff knew and and what the re- reaction was, right? So is that implying that storming the Capitol was not like a premeditated thing? No, it was completely he made up in the moment. No, it was completely premeditated, and he knew that that the plan was for Trump to go with him. Remember, he said he was going to go with him. Okay, he planned on going. No, with I him. don't remember. But yeah, yeah, ahead. he he said I'm gonna, in his speech. He said, you know, go down there, march in the Capitol. I'll be there. Right. Well, he wanted to go, but but it was a last minute thing, and uh, they didn't want him to put that in the speech. They didn't want him to even say that, but but he said it. And then when the Secret Service wouldn't let him go because they're like, we can't protect you. Like we don't have the assets there to protect you. 
he threw a temper tantrum about that. Um, but we found all, 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 all this today. And um, I tell you what, because one of the things that, that stands in the way of indicting Trump for inciting this riot and allowing it to happen is what did he know and when, right? But mm-hmm. it turns out he knew everything and he knew it ahead of time, right? He, he basically knew what was going to happen. He knew that these people were armed. He knew it was going to be a you know a violent attack on the Capitol. And the only thing that didn't go his way was he wanted to be there. To, you know, but he knew that like days in advance, or he knew it. Oh, like, he knew it a month in advance. That's okay. that's yeah. That's been other other testimony. There have been there's been other testimony from his his various people that that they've been planning this way ahead of time. But I'm saying on the day, right? Everything that went down, he knew on on so something like I don't know. He was informed before two p.m. that they were overwhelming the Capitol Police at two twenty four is when he tweeted his famous tweet about Pence hasn't got the courage to do what he needs to do and yada, 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 right? Okay. And then it was like 4.30 when he tweeted at the people that, you know, maybe they should stop attacking the Capitol. It took him that, it took that long for, the, for his staff to convince him that he needed to say something. So is that a, I mean... Is that universally agreed that, you know, all that is proven now and they're going to move forward or the Republicans being like, no, that's not what happened. Well, that's one of the interesting things about it is actually Fox News has even said that this is irrefutable. Like this person is right in the middle of all this stuff. She's got eyewitness testimony to all these things and her testimony is very damning. Now, Fox News normally doesn't. They just either spin it or ignore it. So that was interesting. Um, but I honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. The AG says, claims they've been watching this stuff. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, has been saying, you know, I'm I'm watching the testimony and I'm deciding whether or not, you know, to bring charges and who to bring charges against. But basically, the entire inner circle of Trump knew what was going on, you know, basically was either complacent or uh, or. Well, they were complacent. complacent. <laughs> yeah. Complacent or complicit. Yeah, basically. Um, but, you know, we could indict a lot of people. And I'm, I'm, they only need to, you know, I would love to see Trump go to prison. I would love to see, you know, him get some serious consequences. But at a minimum, at an absolute minimum, I want him disqualified from ever running for public office again. If he yeah. was, if he was charged and convicted with inciting a riot or sedition or or treason or anything like that, he would not be able to run again for office. And that's the minimum, you know. You would think. And also, like, if he is indicted for that, I mean, just imagine a scenario where somebody is universally already pre-known to be a... I don't know, anti-American terrorists, let's just say, a figurehead of some other country or whatever. But for whatever reason, they're able to run for president and we elect them, right? And while in office, they make executive orders and they appoint judges to the court and do all this and they get out of office. And then when we recover as a country and vote in somebody who is, you know, not a 
anti-American terrorist or whatever, wouldn't you have some way to like undo all the stuff that guy did? Well, that'd be nice. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, like he. No, I loaded, yeah, I agree. He loaded the Supreme Court, but it wasn't just him, though. You know, it was well, Mitch it McConnell and true. the crew. I mean, you'd kind of have to indict them all, which I'm totally okay with. By the way, I want to go on record as we can indict. I'm just them. saying, even if they did indict all of them, they wouldn't just go like, oh, "Okay, well, you did all this damage, but we're going to leave all your pawns <laughs> as Supreme well, Court justices." If we really wanted to go after those Supreme Court justices, if there was the political will to do something. They perjured themselves in their confirmation hearings. So every single one of them did because they were asked about Roe v. Wade and they were asked about all these things and they insisted that Roe v. Wade was established law and that they respected precedent. So they're full of shit. They lied and then they went and just did what the fuck they wanted to do. Right. So we're just going to suck on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we should... Reward our listeners with some fun stuff since if they've listened this long. Um, I've got a movie review review. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so I watched a movie. I watched movie The review, Man review. from Toronto. Okay. With Woody Harrelson and uh, what was the other guy? I've heard of him. And Kevin Hart. I've heard of him. Both comedic actors um, playing the odd couple kind of story, right? And it was kind of funny. Okay, so the premise is the man from Toronto is Woody Harrelson, and he's this badass interrogator who they call in when they want to get someone to talk, and they they haven't been able to get him to talk any other way. The man from Toronto shows up, and every time he does, they talk. We'll have to call in the man from Toronto. Exactly. And he has such a reputation that people are terrified just when he arrives, right? They, they just, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're ready to talk before he even starts taking out his knives. But he <laughs> but he never actually tortures anybody. He just tells them what he's going to do to them and how terrible and he's it's going to so be. convincing. He's right. so okay. convincing that they talk about the time he takes out his first knife, they start talking. But he does, you know, he does kill people in the movie, so it's not like he's an, totally a nice guy, but he only kills the bad guys. He doesn't. And and, uh, and anyway, the idiot in the movie, of course, is, uh, is, is played by Kevin Hart. And Kevin Hart, his name is Teddy, and they've decided that anytime something gets screwed up, you teddied it. He's that, he's that much of a screw-up that he gets, right. he becomes a verb, right? Like a homer. Yeah, and he ends up screwing up you know, the the address for the place that him and his wife are going to be vacationing, and so he ends up showing up where the man from Toronto is supposed to be showing up, and they mistake him as the man from Toronto. So for the rest of the movie, there's this whole, he has to play the man from Toronto, and the man from Toronto is actually with him, saying, you've got to be me because they think you're me, but I'm going to, anyway, it's just, this, it is kind of, it's, it's kind of a stupid movie, but it's funny in its own way. The, my only real complaint about the movie was that Teddy fucked up everything. And at some point, I'm like, look, this becomes so predictable. Like, he couldn't get anything right. Right. And it just becomes too predictable. But but the reviews were ruthless. I mean, ruthless. Um, you know, like like one review says, dreadfully unfunny. Right? Yeah. The man from Toronto wastes the talents of Woody Harrelson and Kevin Hart. 
a thing of dramatic inconsequence, half of an eighth of an afterthought. <laughs> anyway, I mean, it's just, these people are just like, they, they just rant on about how bad this movie is. And I was like, they didn't like it, basically. Yeah, apparently not. Yeah. The, <laughs> The one, the one uh, top critic says, The man from Toronto feels like the cold leftovers of a meal I didn't much like in the first place. <laughs> Jeez. That's kind of the way I felt about some of the men who stare at goats reviews was that they were just, like, unnecessarily harsh. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I thought freaking, that movie was okay, a movie. Actually. Yeah. Well, I the men who stare at goats, I like that movie. Yeah, but, yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, I'm not going to say it's like my all-time favorite movie, but it was okay. It was a good movie. I haven't seen the... Uh, I thought The Woody Man Harrelson Who Stared at Goats was kind of unique. It was a very unique movie. It was not your typical movie. And it's funny to a certain sense of humor. Yeah, in I mean? an like, ironic ironic kind of... Uh, yeah. But there's some classic stuff in there. It's kind of like, you know, The Big Lebowski or whatever. Just yeah. like oh, it yeah, wasn't yeah. huge, but people who follow that movie, you know, say quotes from it or whatever. And this is another, uh, what's that guy, Jeff Bridges. Um, he's in this one too, but, um, you know, the parts where like George Clooney is cloud bursting with his eyes, you know, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cindy and I'll do that, you know, like, what are you doing? Cloud bursting. Yeah. Um, just there's, there's some funny stuff in there that like, kind of lives on past the movie or whatever. So it's good for that. But I haven't seen your, uh, the man from Toronto, Toronto man. <laughs> it's yeah. on Netflix. If you want to see Which it. is not endorsing or sponsoring this podcast, by the way, Netflix. Yes. No, they I don't should. think so. I think they should. How about, we don't they, talk they about Netflix sp- that much. It could be the, it could be the Netflix movie review review. Or the movie review review brought to you by Netflix. Are all the movies we talked about on Netflix? I don't know if they all are. I'm saying it's an opportunity. But we did say Netflix Netflix. like seven times already. I'm saying it's an opportunity for Netflix. If Netflix Netflix was the drinking word, I'd be drunk already. I'm just saying. I've said Netflix. (laughs) Wow. We haven't had a drinking word in like years. I know, but. Remember that? I but I'm, about that. I'm pretty sure that if Netflix were sponsoring us, it would be appropriate since I've said Netflix. Already ten times, and I've just said it again because Netflix. Well, they are not currently. I'm saying there's an opportunity. No, no, there. but I'm saying yeah. they should be. We could do the HBO movie review review, and HBO would get a listener. Oh God! Now we have to say, ah, jeez. I was just getting into the Netflix thing. All right. Anyway, so just chill. <laughs> Life is hard. Jesus. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse.